Welcome to Podly Women, a podcast full of faith, cake and laughter. In today's episode of Podly Women, Sheila and Katie discuss female identity. Hi and welcome to episode three of Podly Women, the podcast of faith, cake and laughter. And this is me, Katie, and I'm joined by Sheila. Hiya! <laughs> it sounded like one of those voicemails. <laughs> Hiya! I'm not here today, but I've sent my robot, <laughs> who will be far more interesting than me. Yeah. So this episode, we were thinking about talking about um, female identity, and so mm. I've titled this "Who Are You? Who Are You, Sheila?" Oh, oh, that's going into it, isn't it? <laughs> that's quite intense. It is. Katie. Um, who am I? Well, this is one that I think I've had to really. Uh, struggle with and part of that was um because of our uh our struggle with infertility questioned quite a lot of who I was as a woman um because I couldn't uh procreate we weren't able to do what I just assumed I would do um and it coincided with moving away and no longer working so I found a lot of my identity was tied up in my job I felt very affirmed in my job it it kind of defined what I did you know and so I think um who am I I've concluded is I'm a child of God and I'm loved 10 out of 10 full marks there Sheila (laughs) every youth leader whoever whoever mentored you is but what listens but what does the world tell me and that's different yeah and I think I think for women in particular you're very much told how you are you know you are uh someone to be to be looked at and considered for physical uh viewing you know you are um you are not to be too opinionated don't be bossy yeah definitely. yeah definitely don't don't um nominate yourself as team leader anyone who's watched the apprentice yes. that's a surefire way to um yeah be fired <laughs> yeah 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 don't put yourself forward yeah. or if you do do it really really humbly yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's a really difficult one because I think I hate to say it because I think I would hate to church bash but church can be a really hard place as a woman um, as, so for us I really struggled to go to church when we couldn't have children because it was like well, where do I fit in and, and it, it's, it's geared around you have children you know so for- like a lot of social events are you're either kind of you're either students or you're in the like young families category and so I I imagine also the older you get the harder it is then to be a woman in the church and not be not have children and even worse so not be married like where Mm. like what are people going to do with you because you might try and steal their husbands remember so we need to be careful of that one yeah must watch out for those single ladies yeah (laughs) just whipping out their (laughs) leotards you know but it's a really weird one actually you know what I've watched the Grammys recently because I, I love all of that. I'm like, Beyonce was on with her big announcement of having these twins. And you know, I'm gonna probably be hated for this because I like, I love Beyonce, but I actually was really upset about the idolization of pregnancy that was on display at the Grammys. And it, and it, and it reminded me of that alienation because as women we are not all going to procreate that is not the one thing that's going to unify us and you know like and so it's really hard when pregnancy gets put on this 
pedestal of like the ultimate like look how womanly and wonderful she is and wow she's literally like a goddess you know and it's like actually you alienate other women because of that and it's a funny one is it because it's not I wouldn't want to not celebrate a new life or two new lives but I also think it's really easy to go down that route because you 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 can just assume well we're all going to get to do that and that doesn't happen I think it is often things are they're not kind of yes or no aspects so you know talking about pregnancy and pregnancy is an incredible thing Mm. to conceive a child and grow grow your own like is quite incredible and I think that should be honored and Mm. and women should be honored as they are doing that and if they've done that but in the same way that's not who you are and you know we're talking about like who are you And, and we've both recently had to write little bios to go in you know the end of um some writing that we've done and things like that and that's how this kind of came about because what do you write and we can't be alone other people must struggle with this as well but what what were your struggles (laughs) well how do you summarize yourself you know like i think it's actually easier if you are working in some ways because you can start with that i've got a role um, and I, I work, I work one day a week, okay? But I still would call myself now a teacher because people know what to do with that. Whereas if I said, you know, I, I'm at home trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, <laughs> like whilst keeping a small human alive, whilst consuming more than I should in caffeine um, and dreaming about what the world looks like how do i how do i even begin to describe that also it's you know um whether this is a biography or you know what you put on your twitter you know what order am i putting things in yeah and um you know i've kind of written down like mother wife your job your interests um things like that and and someone asked me you know do you feel like a mother and i don't feel like a mother at all like i i do not feel like a mother so you know for anyone listening um who who don't know us which welcome because you're, yeah. you're not our mothers or husbands yeah. listening um I have two little girls so I have a three-year-old and an 18 month old and so I'm definitely a mother when I consider the fact that I've given birth it honestly I cannot believe that I've done that oh it, I relive it every day the trauma oh no well every time I sneeze it's <laughs> <laughs> it's risky risky I'm living on the edge but I don't consider myself a mother um, what I and in some way I don't really consider myself a wife. I, <laughs> That's more interesting it is to more me now. Interesting. Hello. Um, I am a wife. <laughs> to anyone listening, um, what I consider myself really is Katie, and I do this journey of life with Ed next to me, and then you know tagging behind are <laughs> two sometimes quite sweet but often quite irritating little people, and I don't know if that's because I'm innately selfish. And there must be an aspect of that where I am really, I'm looking out for number one. And I do try and look out for Ed and I do try and bring him on my journey. But if I'm honest to myself, my main thing is like, when can I next eat cake? When can I next go and do what I want to do? And it's a discipline to involve them. But I wouldn't, I don't feel motherly. I don't feel like the Beyonce mother. I just feel like Katie. But I don't think the Beyonce mother is what most people feel. Do you know, like, I don't feel this beautiful kind of um, enchanted woman who carried this child. I literally put on 
a ridiculous amount of weight which I will never ever lose is what I'm discovering I will never be able to laugh hard again without wetting myself <laughs> like it happens regularly so there are physical things I will never look like that but also I I loved being me and I think that's kind of like you love being you and so those those roles that you carry out aren't what fulfill you because you were already fulfilled I would almost flip that as well and say I didn't like me before and I don't like me after oh really so though all the insecurities I had when I was 20 so I, I met Ed at the end of my 20s all those insecurities I had about myself then I had when I married him I still have being married to him and I still have as a mother I still like I look back at pictures of myself and I was skinny something you know like just had disposable income had all the time and I just probably just watch Grey's Anatomy in bed most of the time I don't really know why I wasn't out there doing stuff um <laughs> that but, sounds McDreamy to yeah, me <laughs> it does it sounds wonderful but you know I, I kind of those things travel with you because if you don't deal with them okay yes you know, in, in yourself none of those things none of those um identities are, are gonna cure that so I guess for me because of our infertility I had to work through all of those things it forced the the issue and I I know a lot of people who've gone through childlessness and infertility have faced the same thing because you have to face a life where it might just be you um and that might be without a partner or with a partner um and it got to that point like before we even began fertility treatment I literally would tell you I was at my happiest yet in in all respects I was also at our lowest but we'd found that kind of authentic living that meant for me if I did become a mother that would be wonderful but if I didn't although heartbreaking I would still feel I could live life in all its fullness and that's kind of that journey we'd had to go on um and so I think you are confronted by you know you have to do a bit of therapy and whatnot um which is helpful because I think you have to work through a lot of stuff that's why I love Sheila loves a good bit of therapy I love a good bit of therapy in fact I I even said to Ellis the other day I was like I don't think we're having any therapy which is not good for us (laughs) that's the American in me we're trying to actually book a couple's counseling at the end of this year where <laughs> as true. as both of us are taking our husbands along because we'll be thinking, much more fun together if it's awful we can just go to the bar in the evenings <laughs> um yeah watch this space there is no partner swapping on marriage counseling weekend away that's what i've heard that's not allowed yeah no i wouldn't encourage it anyways um but i do i do think there is something in counseling that makes you look through uh, how you've got to where you are so looking backwards and looking forwards and at the present and and those things don't often happen if you're not confronted by um what an inciting incident donald miller talks about like that 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 make you make a choice of how your life's going to look so for me i don't i don't feel defined by being a mum even though it's the thing that i spend most of my time doing because i really really like spending time with myself for who I am and that's the thing I miss like Ellis Ellis um took Barney somewhere I can't remember where and I had like a day to myself and he's like oh did you have a lovely time and I was just like no it's awful I just missed myself (laughs) it's like ridiculous but there is something in that if you learn to to actually like who you are I'm not perfect in any way shape or form but liking yourself 
is a good thing i think to be able to go i'm all right i'm okay i've gone on a tangent no no i'm the the silence is me listening i'm just (laughs) looking um we are huddled around a little microphone and so we're in a very intimate setting (laughs) of us talking but uh yeah, I, I was thinking, um, I was asked to write an obituary for oh, myself. Really? Yeah, this was a task that um, someone asked me to do. And um, he, he he very kindly said, um, Katie, this is if you died now. He's like, so you're not going to get, you know, a full page spread in the Times. You're going to get a little column in the South End Echo. Um, I want you, next time I see you, to come back with this a little obituary. And I found it actually a really helpful thing you know what what I put on and and also I've been to a couple of funerals lately Mm. and this thing of what are they going to say Mm. because life is short and we say this in a quite a trite way I I know I can't be the only one who finds that actually terrifying and I you know have a hope in the life to come but it is terrifying the fact that this is it Mm. um for, for now like that is I think when we try not to talk about it too much because it just scares us mm. and so being at these funerals it, it did make me think you know I don't want a list of projects to be read out at my funeral that's not what I want I think actually what I would really like is is yeah not the not the roles I took on but I'd really like people to be able to talk about how I made them feel mm how it was to be in my presence and 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 ultimately I always think about when you look at um icons um particularly of our lady um sorry Mary um (laughs) and how she um is always pointing to Jesus in them so any good Marian theology would say it's all okay because she's just pointing to Jesus all the time and I would actually really like that where where that's what's said at my funeral is not she did this project and she headed up this committee and she made this big thing happen and wrote this book and did whatever I'd like them to say when we were in her presence we felt we felt accepted we felt listened to and we 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 met Jesus with her around like she enabled that I don't know if that makes sense and maybe no, that's elevating does. myself higher than I am but that's I think that's what I'd like that's pretty pretty good to be hoping for right yeah no feedback yeah. I don't want any feedback <laughs> on how well I'm achieving I have that to, I have to uh, say you've made you've challenged me because there's a note on my phone which is for Ellis which is my funeral arrangements <laughs> which I constantly add to which is basically along the lines of a tribute concert <laughs> like so I think I need to maybe spend more time going a bit deeper but mine is all about I want people to cry Ellis I want them to have the chance to tell stories Ellis <laughs> and so obviously assuming I die first because I've agreed that with God but um it is I think actually that is really good to yeah to think more concrete in terms of what can I do that will mean something as opposed to yeah like you say projects or what books I've written or you know what awards I've won actually with when we're with people what does that say to them about who we are yeah which is why actually being aware of your own mortality I think um gives a a good perspective on what we are doing am I just wasting my time on frivolous things like this is not saying that those things don't matter the laundry still needs doing houses need running books need writing 
money needs earning it's not saying that you shouldn't be doing those things but where they're in a good perspective and it's we're yeah. so we're both anglican we are we are both anglican yeah. and um so i've only been anglican about two years actually oh welcome i know thanks <laughs> um and uh we have um ash wednesday um as do catholics as well but um it's, it's not a big thing necessarily in not all anglican churches do it but we do ash wednesday and it's where the priest um they so they they burn the um what they call palm crosses yeah. so you'll, you'll see up in people's kitchens that's where you mainly see them they're in a window on a window yeah and they they handed out on palm sunday the previous year and they are burned and kind of mixed with oil into this weird paste and the priest marks you with a sign of a cross and says over you something like remember that from dust you came and from dust you will return Mm. something like that and I'm it's, always just conscious of it dripping down my face. So yeah, I, it's must, not great. I must listen and this year. Also that your hair if you have a fringe, it's just awful. Oh, it's not good for fringes. Many issues. Yeah. And also if you wear it during the day and everyone's like, You've got something on your face, you're yeah. like, No, you can't you wipe it off. Yeah. No. You're like, oh no. Um But yeah, I just think it's there's something really important about that reminding and and actually it's a bit more of a catholic tradition really most evangelical churches that i've been to don't do ash wednesday services and so my kind of question is like where where are we filling that in you know you don't have to do ash wednesday but when when are we talking about death because i think this thing of who are you your death plays an important role in that because if this is it then actually your legacy matters Mm. but if there's something more and if jesus really is lord and savior then who we are in him we have a bigger legacy and we have a bigger inheritance than you know our name being in the record book somewhere yeah there are more conversations happening aren't there there i can't remember the name of it there is a um a group who now lead conversations about death because of this whole it's becoming much harder isn't it for people to talk about it because there's so such a great fear around it i'm probably the opposite i probably talk too much about death um and i'm one of those people who i don't know if you like this please tell me you are i really hope you are um who i do imagine the worst case scenarios and i can be in floods of tears within seconds at like oh my goodness imagine um, oh it's bad when you just go into an alternative yeah but it's, it's allowing yourself to know that those things may happen but you that is part of being human isn't it like it's the one thing we're assured of is yeah. we're going to die and and it's it's a really hard thing as well isn't it because you can't you can't preempt it you can't know and you know like on facebook sometimes you see like people who've shared they know what day they're going to die because it's like this thing of yeah you, and you just think it. why would we want to know that and it's because we want to know we want to know how it ends we want to know how the story finishes we want to be able to be ready and prepared and that's the worst isn't it to not and and i think I think it is about looking at well, what is happening here and now, isn't it? What kind of life am I leading? Yeah. That if it is all taken away, I'm not, you know, then that's that. I can't do anything about it, but I want to feel like I've lived that best life. And it's also about you know what is what is the best and what are those roles that are most important? Because um, I've kind of written um, on, the, on these notes, we've got a, li- a few notes. You wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> very, very few notes. Um, I put relationships with mm. a question mark. <laughs> and perhaps actually that's where it really it comes down to that um, who, what, what are the relationships you're in? Because really 
when you die that's what matters your house will be cleared up your possessions will be got rid of maybe your watch might be handed on to your niece or something like that but all of those things will be gone who you are in relationship with that's where you continue and and ultimately you know we're um podly women so we consider what our relationship with god because actually that's that's what frames all of these other things Mm. yeah I, i i think that is a really good reminder because i think it's what we get upset about isn't our own death it's the grief isn't it and we know what loss feels like if you've ever lost any you know someone you love has died like you know that it's actually what you feel that person isn't in pain anymore there is no kind of suffering for them it's our own loss and that's what we get sad about is we're not going to be with the people we love we're not going to have that on earth at that time um and i do think investing in those is so vital and we talked about this like in terms of it's actually really thinking is this relationship one that i am invested in can i give it everything does this person need me do i need them like and and thinking and making really um good choices with our lives and as a as a mother i keep trying to think what am i modeling to barnabas about relationships what do i tell him about friendships by how i i'm so aware of this every time i tidy up the house before friends come yeah and i don't want her to think that firstly that we only tidy the house when friends come which may or may not be the case (laughs) but that you have to tidy in for friends to come or we have to dress up when friends come or is it certain friends definitely certain (laughs) friends there are those friends who you literally don't care like i am laughed at by some of my friends because i do not lift a finger when they come round. i'm like you know where the kettle is and i love but i love those friends because they're family and you don't have to wait which says something probably about how i treat my family (laughs) i don't do anything for them but there is something about that isn't it that comfort and it's okay that not all friendships look like that but you need those ones as well don't you and i really am trying to be intentional with how i show how we value people like i would want to put my investment in people beyond anything else yeah definitely well that's a bit of food for thought this episode i think Mm, in terms of death (laughs) who you are like what do you want your life to to mean and um and beyonce and beyonce think about beyonce (laughs) well thank you so much for listening to uh our third episode of podly women the podcast with faith cake and laughter and um yeah tune in soon bye then bye thanks for listening to this episode of podly women Please subscribe so you don't miss out on another episode of Faith, Cake and Laughter.